been there. They can end up spinning. Okay, good morning. A good Shell. I welcome uh, you all officially for the new, uh, new semester of the Kailal, especially uh, the new Chavriya Kailal. I'm sure we'll meet one on one at some point. So, um, over the year, what I do is usually Thursdays, is give a shear. I'm here in the curl Monday and Thursday, but Thursday I give a shear. And uh, the truth is I can speak about many different topics. So if you have something you're re really interested in, I'm happy to get suggestions. What I'll do today is um, a single mimer, individual memorium you all can learn try to do something that may be a little more unique. What I've done a few times over the year was to try to consolidate and bring together the themes of Pichsidis, Primis Atera, around the Tkufa, the time that we're in. So I'll do this now for the month of El, so we call this the soul of El. Understanding the power of this month in light of Chsidis. And um, Mitzvah Hashem, I'll do the same maybe next week before Rosh Hashanah, about Rosh Hashanah. So instead of just talking about one point, to bring together, the, the, my modem speak about several sugis around these ideas, and somewhat bring them all together. And above all, the focus and emphasis always is what's the bechain, the application. You know, we learn chassidus and you can learn it in a way, understand it theoretically, conceptually, but there's another part to it, which is how is it relevant to our lives? And that is the emphasis that I usually put because that is often missing, um, either because it's not taught properly or whatever the reason is. But to make cities come alive has to be relevant, relevant to you and I, b'chai yem yem. In addition for helping us and our personal lives and our families and so on, it's also um, tools of how to teach chassidus to others. You know, chassidus is given to us as the great treasure, the primisatera, the keser melech, the evan the, the precious stone of the king's crown. And it was given dafka in the last generations. So people ask the question, what's this great gift? You have to be able to answer in a very practical way that without chassidus, you're missing a fundamental piece. It's not an optional thing. So I could elaborate on that, but I'm not going to go through that now. That will do it another time, another fabrengen. But that's the general approach I'm going to take here. And, um, and remember, once it's, something, once it's relevant in the language of the Alter Rebbe and Hakdome, the Shablat of Tanya, Korve Lecha, so I once asked the Rebbe whether you could translate the word Karev. You know, most people, Karev means close. It's close, Pefichah, in your mouth, Levavchah, in your heart, Lasesi, in your actions. But what does close mean? Close Begashmias. It's like sitting near you. So since I was teaching Tanya and I had the opportunity to ask the Rebbe questions because I was working in the Sichas, so I asked the Rebbe whether you could translate Karev as relevant. It's relevant to you. And the Rebbe made a check. So it has an issue from the Rebbe to use the word relevant. And um, relevant obviously changes the whole meaning. 
Because you could have sit near a Oren Kedush and you could sit near a Sefer and be Begashmi's cut of to it, but you don't necessarily feel close to it. On the other hand, you can not necessarily be Begashmi's close, but Beruchni is. So when Moshe said, which we read in these passages as we come to Rosh Hashanah, what Moshe was saying, he wasn't just saying physically, it's not in the sky. He meant to say it's inside of you, it's relevant to you in every aspect of your life. And that also explains why the Alter Rebbe felt he had to write a whole sefer on it. What's, what's missing in the Pasuk that the Alter Rebbe had to write a whole sefer? I hope it's 53 chapters. Because what Al is making the statement that it's relevant. The Alter Rebbe is coming to teach how it's relevant. Famous expression from the Friedrich Rebbe, from the Rabbeim, that, that, um, that the Baal Shem Tov taught that every Eid can serve Hashem. And the Alter Rebbe taught how, how every Eid can serve Hashem. And he gives a muscle that the Baal Shem Tov provided the ladder, a sulam, a ladder to climb up, meaning to connect to, to Shemaim, to heaven. Sulam and the Alter Rebbe taught how to climb the ladder. It's not the same thing. Since we're coming to Chayel as well, the birthday of both the Baal Shem Tov and the Alter Rebbe, Shnei Me'eres Agdelim. So this was the Miyasin Tchassidus Klolis, is that every Eid can, Karev Eilecha. And the Alter Rebbe taught, Eichu Karev. How do you climb the ladder? And that's every chapter in Tanya, goes meticulously step by step to explain the process of how we actually bring Elokus into our lives when we know we have a Nefesh Abamis and there's a Mulchama and there's Halamis Vestadim, Yad Enish Benafshe. You don't have to elaborate how challenging it is. The Chiddush is that as much as it's challenging, it's Karve Lecha. So this is a small introduction to um, talk about Chiddush El, which only brings the message of Karve Lecha even stronger. So there are, relatively speaking, several Maimodim. There are not a lot of Maimodim on month of El from the Rabbeim. The Rebbe actually probably has most Maimodim. But you have from the Alter Rebbe, of course, famous Maimon, Kutateta, Anila Dei Dividei Dili, famous Moshla Melech Basada. So I'm going to sum that up. <coughs> sum that up. Then there's, there's a little from the Tzamech Tzedek on that Maimon, and then there is the famous Maimon Tovshin, uh, El Maimon, where he elaborates on that Moshal. And then there's Maimonim from the Rebbe over the years. But there aren't many sugis in, in, about El. I'll try to sum them up here in this, uh, this discussion. But the most powerful question of all is, you know, the whole world knows Chedesh El, a special month. It's known to be the Friedrich Rebbe in Midsheth, Maimonim Midish. He calls it Chedesh HaCheshbon, the month that concludes all the 12 months of the year. And like at the end of everything, you have to make a cheshbon and nefesh, just like in every day by Krishna Shalamiti, you make a cheshbon and nefesh on a daily basis. So at the end of the year, the 12th month of the year, before Tishrei, Rosh Hashanah, you make a cheshbon and nefesh. And the second name he gives for it is Chedesh Ha'achana. It's a Chedesh Ha'achana, because in addition to an accountability for what happened the past 12 months, or 13 months, it's also Ha'achana to the next year. Because any good havdal, uh, you're running a business and you make accountability, it's not just a cheshman to know what happened till now, it's also how to improve and how to make life better. 
So you take achlotas and resolutions to improve things, because the cheshbon is only one half of it. So the second half is the achana. But a bigger question is this. Okay, so that's a very balabatish explanation of the month of El. It's essentially cleaning up our act before the new year. Like any time a new thing starts, you um, do whatever is possible, like I said, to correct the past and to prepare for the future. Essentially, that's tshuva. It's charot ala avat and kabol teva ala habo. So chedeshel is perfect time for that. But here's where chesidus comes into the picture. If you didn't have chesidus, and I always ask the question that way because whenever you want to appreciate something, you have to ask, if we didn't have the Maimotic Siddhis, what would be missing? What would be missing? So it reminds me of a story I heard. I heard this from a uh, big Litter Shaid. His name was Arav Ganak. He worked for the OU many years. He was, I think, the head of Ramah schools. I mean, he was a Choshev Askin. He's around. But he, he, he labels himself a very anti Choshev. Not in a synodic way. He just doesn't see the need for it. His great teacher was Rav Soloveitchik. Rav Yashaber Soloveitchik. Um, the, they called the, the Rav. The Rav. The Rav. So he told me once, I, actually I was at an event and we were both speaking there. It was an event in the mountains that, they, uh, that OU had organized where they wanted uh, three speakers to speak about three Gdalim of the 20th century. I was asked to speak about the Rebbe. He spoke about Araf Salvechik, and there was a third guy, I forgot, I forgot his name, talked about Haraf Cook. They chose these three. I gave my talk, and um, I'm gonna go through the details, I wanna just share this point. Then he got up to, I spoke about the Rebbe's contributions, and Chidushim, and Teira, and Avedik, Mos Chasadim, Yiddishkeit Bechlau. So he got up and said he was gonna say a pilpul based on the Rav, and a tera, a share from the Rav, but since I spoke that the Rebbe is a global leader, he feels that he has to also show how Rav Soloveitchik is also a global leader. And this non-chassid, you just have to see the way he spoke about, <laughs> about this. You'll hear, you'll hear in a minute. It's a long story. I don't want to take up the whole share on this, but there's one point, that main point. So he said, I was a Talmud Muvik of Rav Soloveitchik, and the summers, especially, always, always his shiurim were renowned, his ability, his oratory skills, his explanation of a Gemara, Gishmak. You know, we have today many tapes in Yiddish and English. Um, he says, in the summer months, in the bungalow colony, the Rav would give a shir every um, uh, Shabbos afternoon, a three-hour shir in Gemara. And the month of Elul, he would teach Lekutetera for half an hour, Lekutetera, Pasharei, and my manam of El. He said, and beautiful, but I, being a real misnagid, that's what he called himself, um, I told him I don't agree with it, he's a misnagid, but he decided that's how he labeled himself. I couldn't deal with this. So I went over to the Rav and I said, Rav, explain to me, you're teaching Gemara, you're teaching mainstream Yiddish Kaita, Mitamol, in the summer you decide to find some obscure book, Kutatera, why are you teaching this book? So Rav Salvechik told me, he said, he said, this book, without Lekutatera, you can't know the difference between Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot. That's what he said to him. He said, this Barabbim. Why? Because Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot, what's the difference between them? Yeah, we say different tefillas. But what's uh, the Teichendik? What's the Primizdik difference between them? They're all Yom Tevin, they're all Meidim, they're all Osir 
and all the other dinim around Yom Tov. What's the real difference? He says, only the Kutatel, you'll know the difference. That's what he told me. Anyway, he still was bothered by it, and there's uh, more stories to it, but I wanted to just share that point. I'll just add another thing. Again, the Kutatel, that um, Rabbi Krinsky, a brother, Pinchas Krinsky, lived in Boston, a brother of Yudel Krinsky, um, so he wrote a note to the Rebbe, I think in Tov Chavov. He writes to the Rebbe that uh, Rabbi Salvechik teaches in the summer, he teaches Lukut Tetera. And um, so the Rebbe wrote back, we have the answer, the Ksavya, the Rebbe writes back two things. That someone, not from here, he says, it shouldn't come from me. Someone should mention to Rabbi Salvechik, there's Eira Tera from the Samach Tzedek that has Agos and Biurim on the Kutatera, to point that out to him. That's one. Two, the Rebbe writes, I think page 27, I don't remember exactly. The Rebbe writes the page and the tour. Page 27, tour base, second column. Um, the Rebbe writes like this. I'll have to elaborate in a minute, but the Rebbe's, the Rebbe's lotion is um, that Bazei Kumtsu. So what does it say in Kuntus Samayin there? The Kuntus Samayin, the Agdome, the Friedrich Rebbe writes in Zeshimus that the year Tofresh, um, uh, when was it? Tofresh uh, Samach. When did, when did the Rebbe, oh, Rebbe Rashav come out? Samach Beis? Samach Alf was a Tofresh Samach. Yes, those years, Samach, I think Samach Alf. Maybe Tofresh Samach. Uh, the Rebbe Rashab came out with a famous letter, Yutas Kislev, Zehayim Tchilis Masecha, Rosh Hashanah of Chsidis, and he wishes Lashanah Teva, and so on. So the non Chsidim, the Litvisha, some of them were uh, taken aback by this. And I think they mentioned to, uh, they, they, that to, not Chrab Chaim, to, uh, who was it, uh, in, in Poland, what was his name? I forget already. Rab Chaim Ezer. So they mentioned to Chaim one of the Rabbonim, Kibakuk, but the Chsidim, Suigem Anaya Rosh Hashanah, a fifth Rosh Hashanah. Because the Mishnah says, there's Dal Rosh Hashanah. Suigem a fifth Rosh Hashanah. So Chaim answered, No, Bazei Kumtsu, Ba'unz Verdeniker. That's what he said. Bazei. So the Rebbe writes that. He says, the story with Rabbi Salvech, he says, Bazei Kumtsu, Ba'unz Verdeniker, of Kam Kemuvan Ahepech. That's what the Rebbe writes. Whether he means that Bazekum Tsunada Baba Salvation is teaching Lukutatera, the question is whether we're learning Lukutatera. That's one way you could teach it. I'll compound him all this a few, just a few Gishmaka little tidbits <coughs> around this month of El and Lukutatera. So here you have, not that we need a dive from outside or from anyone, but, uh, but anyone learning Lukutatera understands that it's not just an optional thing, that without understanding about El, you really can't appreciate what its power is. So the Alter Rebbe, everyone knows the Moshe Mela Basada. But uh, I've tested this. I asked a lot of Chassidim. Uh, I said, you know why the Alter Rebbe gives this Moshe? Most people don't know why. They know the Moshe because the Moshe is so dominant and the Rebbe keeps saying, this is the Moshe, the Melech is Nesada, and he wants everyone to come over to him. Everyone could ask whatever they want and they just save it upon him the office. And he grants all requests. So that's beautiful. But Al Rebbe doesn't start to start with a moshe. He comes with a question. The moshe is coming to answer a question, a big question. 
Altareb asks a question like this. What's the whole musig of a yontif? What's a yontif? Why is a yontif a yontif? Why is Aleph the Tishrei a yontif and Lamed El was not? Or for that matter, Yom Kippur or Pesach or Sukkot or Shavuos, whatever. What makes a yontif a yontif? The Hebrew Punkt chose random days in the year. So the answer is that it's not, it doesn't start with the yontif lamata, it starts lamail. There's Hamshach HaLakus on that day. Just like what makes Shabbos Shabbos. Why is Shabbos special? So the Pasuk says, because Sheish Yitzhom, the Ebishter created, and Ve'echul HaShamayim Varaz V'chol Tzvam, Yehim HaShvi, Shavas, V'noch, and so on, the Ebishter then, so called, whatever that means, obviously the Ebishter did not need a vacation because he was tired, is because, as Chassidus explains, that six days the Ebishter immersed himself, so to speak, creating the world, it's like building a building, then when you come, move into the building, you have the menucha. I'm not building the building any longer now. I'm benefiting from the pleasure and the menucha of living in the home that I wanted. So the Shabbos, therefore, is a hamshacha. It's a special hamshacha that you don't have on Friday. And if you light a Shabbos candle on Thursday night, you don't make the bracha, and it doesn't have the gedusha of a near Shabbos kedush. And the same thing with other things. It's not what we do. It's what we do plus the day. The day itself radiates with a particular energy which really takes us to a deeper thing, which is what is time? Time is not just I'm an invisible um, river of time. Time is energy. Every moment in time is a creation. So time really is energy. If you're familiar with anything scientific, today this is common knowledge. Einstein and so on have explained that time is energy. People didn't always know that. They thought time can be an invisible thing that human beings created, actually imaginary. Is there anything that changes from Sunday to Monday? But if you learn Chesidus, you learn Primus Ateda, absolutely. Sunday is Chesed, and Monday is Gvura, and Tuesday is Teferis, and every day Netzach, and then Wednesday is Netzach, and then Hayd is Thursday, and Friday, as you said, and Shabbos is Malchus. Because every day, that's why it says, not Bishesh Yomim, Sheshesh Yom Asa Hashem Elkimus Shemayim Vesaretz, what's Sheshesh? So the Zayah says, it should say, Bishesh, in, during six days, not six days, God. The answer is because the Tasa, the creation is the six days themselves were created. Each day has its own energy. So based on that, what, why is El a special month? Because <coughs> there's a special energy in this month. What is the energy? The energy of Marachim. The Gili of Yud Gimam How do we know this? From the Pesukim in Pasha Kisisa, that after the Chet Egel, Moshe went back on the mountain, he went back up on the mountain after that, spent 40 more days, he was not successful, he made kas, he made rotzen, and in the he came down, and then he went up again, the two opinions, the first day of the the second day of the and what happened on the mountain this time, these last 40 days, which is, therefore, in this month of El, for these 40 days, radiate this Yud When does it conclude? The end of Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is 40 days. So it says the Alter Rebbe, I mean, I'm summing it up, I'm, I'm elaborating, but this is the Nekuda, that Yom therefore, is Meir Hamshach, Yud Gimel Midas So Pizah becomes a big question here. 
if the whole union of a yontif is a ha'ara amshacha lekus, so then why is El not a month of Yom Tevin? How is it different than all the other hamshachas of a yomtev? That's what a yomtev is. Since it's a special gili of Yud Gimel Midas Arachimim, so why is it not, um, why is it Yumeichel? In all, in all ways. Yes, we do all kinds of special things in El, but from a practical point of view, it's a yomtev, it's uvdin dechel, it's not, it's not a yomtev. So this is where the Alter Rebbe brings the Moshe of Melo They're basically saying that this gili, and Amshach of El is not, is different than all other Amshachas in the Yomtev in the fact that this comes into Sada. So you have a Gilu Yalukus, like on a Yomtev, that's where Befeidish, you can't be doing Melacha, because Melacha is a stira to that Gilu. But El's whole Chiddush of El is that Yud Gilu Mitzrachim radiate in our mundane lives. And hence you need the Moshal. We have to explain how that works. So there's the melech when he's in his palace. That's a melech bechol tefarte bechol yekarg dulose. Melech beyofit tazene necha. You see a king in the palace. Everyone knows who the king is. And he's dressed a certain way. And people behave a certain way. And you can't just come in. Everything is with hachones and proper preparations. And then there's the melech when he's not in his palace, when he's traveling. So the marshal is the melech on his way back to the city, to his palace, which will be the Yom Tevim of the Yom Neroim, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot. On his way back, he travels through the field, and there he greets everybody without any preparations. And the king himself is not necessarily dressed in Levushia Malchus. He's dressed more in his travel clothes, so to speak, in Levushia Sada. And therefore, anyone from the Anshe Asada, everyone that's out there, without any appointments or uh, 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 introductions, can go over to the Melech, and the Melech will welcome him. That's the Moshal of Yud Gimel Midas Harachmin, Be'uvdin Dechel. So the Chiddush is Dafke Bechel. It's Al Derech. I think in one mind we may compare it to the difference between why Purim, even though Purim is such a big gili, to the point it says in Tkunezer, Yem Kippurim, that Yem Kippur is Kemai Purim, and yet, Purim is a day where you're allowed to do work. And you carry money. Why is it not a Yom Tif as well? So Chassidus also explains al because it's like the Hamshach of Yom Kippur, but in, in Lamata Mata, in this world. So, so, somewhat comparable to that. And that, Nukudah, that is. Obviously, it's a different Hamshach and a different Yom Tif and so on. So that's where Melech Basada comes into play. And it comes to explain, in a whole different way, what the month of El is about. In other words, the fact that it's a chedesh achone and a chedesh achesbun and a chedesh achone, as I mentioned before, is an outgrowth of that. Yes, that's the practical way we, what we do in, in El. And we meisif, and teira, avedig, milz chasadim, and tshuva, and gu'ul, and all the five Russia tevis that the Rebbe speaks about in the rumors in the word El. That's the practical aveda. Uh, but why? Because this is a day that, a month that's a unique month. So there you have a general picture of what this adds to the month of El that you would not know without it. I mean, in Kabbalah, obviously, if you understand Kabbalah, the Teichen is there in different Asias, but it's uh, the Maimah, especially the Maimah Lekutetera, and with all the Hesophists from the Rabbeim afterwards, that teaches us this, this element. And I can tell you that when you explain to people 
that the Zman, the time that you're in right now, is an opportune time, that changes everything. It's one thing to tell people, you know, there's the end of the year, and it's a good opportunity to pray for a good new year and blessings and correct anything that we did wrong, make things better. But it's a whole different thing when you tell somebody right now there's an opportunity that you don't have every day. And the first mifts of the Rebbe, Mifza El, was in Tavshin Yud Aleph. What did the Rebbe say then? He said those words. He said he gave the, it was the first campaign that Rebbe launched as a Rebbe. That, that now he said, the campaign, he asked people to find 10 Jews at least and tell them we have 30 days. In this special time, you have 30 days to connect in a way you can't connect any other time of the year. And the Rebbe asked special people go out to talk about El. Yeah, look in the Kutzisichus, I think it's in Chalik uh, Beis, and the Esophis. The Rebbe talks about Mifza El. But the point being is that, that there's a certain sense of urgency when you tell someone, today is, today is the day, and tomorrow it's not possible. Here it's not one day, it's the whole month. But the, basically, it changes the whole complexion of the theme of the month because you understand the so-called energy and the opportunity that exists. And opportunities, everybody wants an opportunity. Everybody's looking for ability to uh, tap into the deeper energy of something. And this is the energy of El. But what exactly is Yud Gimamid Sarach? Let's talk about that. So in the Maimorim, they talk about this in the context of uh, Shishana. The Posik says, as the Alter Rebbe brings, Anil Dei Dividei Dili, Hareya B'Sheshanim. So, Anil Dei again, is uh, pretty much common, people understand, as being a month of, of love. And the day the Anil Dei Dei Dili goes in Aveda on us in the Ebishter, Kuchabricha and Knesset Yisrael, and a dogma for that is below, is a Ishvi Isha, as the Rambam says, every husband and wife is a dogma for the Ebishter and the Eden, by Matan Teri, Yem Chasenos is a Matan and therefore, the expression, I I'm to my beloved, beloved here being the Ebishter, and my beloved to me, which is essentially the theme of Yud Gimam That's what Moshe was praying for. What was he telling the Ebishter on Har Sinai? He was saying, yes, the Eden made a big mistake, more than a mistake. It was amazing, a big grave sin. What was the sin at the end of the day? It was a betrayal. By Yem Chasenosi Matan Teda, the Eden stood by Achupa with Abishtha. And then, 39 days later, they basically um, betrayed God. Infidelity. They built another uh, a golden calf. They built another, they chose another husband, if you wish. Which is, Mamish, the worst possible thing, besides Aved Zara. It's uh, just a complete um, defying, it's not some one small detail. So what was Moshe saying to the Abishtha? Yes, it's true, they did do that. He did not deny that, that was a fact. But the connection that you have with the Eden is so deep that if we dig deeper, the Eden can do deeper tshuva, and you, the Ebershter Kavyachal, can also dig deeper and learn to forgive them. I'm just paraphrasing, but the challenge that Chassidus explains, what was going on there? Why did it take Moshe 80 days to convince the Ebershter to say, Salach tikid varech? I mean, the Ebershter wanted to forgive, he could have forgiven day one. If he doesn't want to forgive, why, what do you need 80 days for? 80 days. It took 40 days to receive the Teda and 80 days to gain forgiveness. Like we say, kol nidre night. What was Moshe arguing with Abishta about? What was, why was it so difficult? Because basically, and I'm summing up, this is from some Maimorim from Pasha Kisisa, from the Semach Tzedek, where he says like this, 
and other Maimonim as well. Basically, the Abish was saying to Moshe Rabbein, I understand what you want from me. I gave you the rules, and they broke the rules. You put a person puts their hand in fire, the, fire, the hand gets burned. I didn't do it for them. I'm not punishing them. They brought it upon themselves. We, we made a, an agreement, a marriage agreement, and, um, and they broke it. What, what, so now find another nation. That's why he wanted him to create a new... Uh, Moshe's answer was, but you created human beings imperfect. What do you expect? That people will make mistakes. Let's say I go find another nation. They'll also make mistakes. So it'll be back to square one. I need you, Hashem, to give me the power, some Pesach, some back door, so to speak, that even when someone makes a mistake, even if it's a grave mistake, even if it's deliberate, that there's some hope. Because if you don't give me hope, how could human beings ever expect to grow? You created them with the Yetzirah, you created them with the Nisayan. He wasn't defending the Eden building the Chet He was just saying, I need more strength than that. I need to be able to. This is what took so long. Because the Ebershtu was basically was saying, these are the rules of Seyed Ishtashlis, cause and effect. Now, reward and punishment, just for the record, it's not for now, right now, but the Shalom explains, it's not, reward, it's not even the right word, reward and punishment. It's more cause and effect. You do something, you eat something poisonous, it's going to have an effect on you. That's the way it is. Now, of course, the Ebershtu is called Yochel, and he could change anything. But he made it not that way. He wanted there to be a structure to existence. The Ebershtu is not going to just suspend these laws. What Moshe was working so hard on is to dig deeper and to Megala, first of all, his deep love for Eden was so profound that ultimately, it affected the Ebersh, the Kavyoch. That the Ebersh, of course, can go to a level that's higher than the whole structure and higher than cause and effect and higher than, than this whole thing. And that's what he achieved. That's the Chiddush of Yud Gimel Midas Arach. If you look in the Pesukim in Kisisa, just read them even in Pshat. It's amazing verses there where Moshe speaks to the Abish like the Pesach says, literally, like a person speaks to their friend. Now, why does the Pesach say something like that? Because it was a very intimate conversation. And Moshe kept on saying to the Abish, show me your glory, show me your face, basically. And the Abish says, you can't see my face and live. Ultimately, the Abish reveals to him the Yud Gimel Midas the truth is, it's very cryptic. If you read Kisisa, you don't even understand what's the, what's the, what's the Gimel Midas Arachmin, like what's the big thing? The Ebersh is telling him that the Ebersh is Chanam Arachum and so on. Yeah, but it's a, it's a sod that till then the Ebersh was never Megala to anyone. And that was only a result of Moshe's begging and not giving up. You probably all know the Sikha, the famous Sikha, Simchas Teir and Memzayim. People has it over. I remember it like today. Actually, I had the schus to write up that sikha. Later it became a liquid, liquid sikhas. It was like one of the rare, <coughs> one of the rare fabrengens um, with the Rebbe was so emotional, crying, of come out the whole sikha on Simchas Teda that night. It was before our coffers. But anyway, the kids of the kids of the Rebbe then essentially said that since we speak a Rashi every week, but Pasha Bracha, there's no Rashi because there's no Shabbos, there's never Pasha Bracha. You read Pasha Baruch and Simchas Teda. So the Rebbe said, so since Simchas Teda is going to explain the last Rashi in Chumash. The last Rashi we all know, and the words, So Rashi says, what was the, what was the, what he did, Meisha broke the Luchas, and the Ebishta said, Meisha broke the Luchas, 
And that's how Rashi ends Chumash. And the Rebbe, again, with a bunch of questions, well, what kind of Rashi is this? What does it mean? But there's missing Asus and Mevsim, the Mesha did, Sis Mitzrayim, Kriyas Yamsuf, 40 years in the Midbar, Matan of course. And he has to, of all things, he has to find Shvira Saluchas. And since when is Shvira Saluchas Bechlala a positive thing? We fast on Shiva Sabatamas because he broke the Luchas. And why did he break the Luchas? Because the Chet Egel, what's exactly the Yeshukechesh Shivarta? And then the Rebbe and we know the Klaal, Messiah Mibetev. So Rashi comes, instead of taking the Posik, which could have been Messiah Mibetev, turns it around and ends up, we have to remind us about the Chet Egel and the Shvira Saluchas. This was the, and then the Rebbe began answering. It was extremely emotional. You could see the Rebbe was speaking about the Rebbe, about himself as well. And he said this, because all, what bothers Rashi is, that what is the biggest Esa Mephis? Sis Mitzayim is big Mephisim, and Matan But the biggest Chiddush of all is when Mephisim sacrificed himself for the Eden. Because he said, I'm breaking the Luchas. The Luchas is Luchas Elikim. Luchas that the Ebersh himself wrote and the Ebersh himself shaped and carved. And Moshe said, no what, is, what do you see from that? Sifracha, it's not, it's not Stama Sefer, it's the Ebersh Sefer. You know, we know the Rebbe didn't bring this, but I'm just pointing out. God forbid, if a Sefer Tater falls on the ground, it's considered a whole, uh, whole bad simon and there's fasting going on. And Tikkunim Vachulu. Here it's not just a Sefer Tater, we're talking Luchas, and it didn't fall. Moshe deliberately broke the luchas. So the Rashi, Rashi explains why. It wasn't because he got angry. It was very planned, very premeditated and deliberate because Moshe knew the luchas is like the ksuba, that this way he could say to the Ebershter that yes, the Eden heard but they didn't sign the contract. They didn't receive the luchas. They didn't receive the ksuba. So by tearing up the ksuba, basically by breaking the luchas, he was saving the Eden. Says Atkadei Kach Mesidus Nefesh, Meish himself, his Elam Hazen, his Elam Haba, and his connection to Teres Chaim, his connection to the Eibush. He put himself on the line. Said this is a Nasi, this is a Rebbe, and that is the greatest essence. And that's Yeshakech Sheshevarta. This the Eibush could not do for him. Kavyochel, this has to only come from an Adam, only a person. The Eibush could not tell him to go break the luchas. It had to come from him that he came with such mission, ready to sacrifice himself. So how could Abish say no to such a man? A person who's ready to sacrifice everything. Not just, again, not just his gashmis, his ruchnis, his neshamis, his connection to teda, everything. So, and that is what a real Nasi and Rebbe is. And this, in essence, is really the month of El. That's when Moshe did this. That's why it's Yud Gimel Midas HaRachman, is such a powerful gili, because it's a gili that comes from reaching in the primi, primi, in the premius of the premius of Atmus, Veloshan Achsidis, and Moshe was able to reach there because he reached in his own etzah. He went all the way, he was ready to be Moshe Nefesh for the Eden, and he wasn't playing around. He didn't say, as like a, a joke, God forbid, he meant it. And that's what the Eberstif said, a person is ready to do that. You know, there's a famous Reishas Chochma that says about Acher, you know, on the Acher, Alisha ben Navuya. So his, his sin was so big that even Gehenim didn't want to take him in. Yomara talks about how his neshama hovered over his caver and to Rabbi Yehuda prayed for him. I mean, we all When Achel comes up Lamaila, so the Reishas Chachman brings this, he says that the Ebershter tells Achel, 
I don't understand. You, you were such a Talmud Chacham. You knew everything. You know that in L'chadovar, Eimed B'pneat Tshuva. Why didn't you do Tshuva? So he said, but he heard a Baska Lamaila that in L'chadovar, Eimed B'pneat Tshuva, Chutz Ma'acher. Everybody could do Tshuva except Acher. So the Ebrister says to him, said to him, the Eishas Chacham brings this. But you also know the din. Kol mashabala bayis emel chasei chutz mitzei. Another chutz mitzei. So anything the balabos, meaning the Rebbeinu Shalom is also the balabos of the Kansevelt, tells you to do, you have to listen, except if he tells you don't come in. So no, even if you had heard chutz ma'acher, you should still have pushed, not break the, down, the door down. That's what the Rishos Chachma brings. Moshe did break the door down, and that's why we have the holiest day of the year. Now, I was talking about El, but Yom Kippur, why is it the holiest day of the year? So most people say, one day in the year is No, it's not so posh. It's, not, uh, it's because it comes at the end of 40 days of Moshe being Mesa Nefesh himself. And that's why right after Kol Nidre, that's what we say three times. Because the Ebrister was acknowledging and ultimately accepting Moshe's request for forgiveness, Kippurim, atonement, and tshuva, game tshuva. And all that is during this right now, where we are right now. These days, <laughs> when Moshe is on the mountain. We don't know exactly what happened any day. So for all we know, today could have been a day that was, I'm sure every day was, uh, was a, was a uh, historic day. Moshe is spending so, so much time. And, and since time is energy, that's what we recreate every year during this period in time. It's not just events that happened thousands of years ago, it's happening right now. So Moshe is on the mountain right now, and Moshe is begging, so no matter what, the gili of the Etzim and Neshama, which is reflected by the Abish's response of the gili of the Yud Gimel Midas And the biggest Chiddush is that it's coming not in days of Yom Tif, in the Chel, because that was Moshe wanted to show that we could have this gili even when we are not in our perfect state. It's one thing, Yeshab is Yantav, a person is in an elevated state. But in the middle of a weekday, we are busy with uh, material matters and things that are not necessarily a Yem Kaddish or Mayid or a Mayid. It doesn't have Mekashav Ekaimo or Mekadish Yisrael Vazman. But in the weekday, <coughs> And that's the Chiddush that you have Yud Gimel Sarachim, the highest levels of Etzem, Nizgala Dafkin, the lowest levels of Chayil. So that takes a whole different, gives a whole different dimension. This Neshama Vel understanding the power of this time. One final thing I wanted to say, Rebbe Sheshanim, so Chiddush explains, Sheshanim, Sheshanim means a rose. So there's two interpretations, Sheshanim, Sheshanim Ba'alochis, one is through Teda, and Shishana is also, it has 13 Yud Gimel Al, 13 leaves, corresponding to the Yud Gimel Midas Arachimim, and that's Tefillah, which is why in El, those two Kavim, Teda and Tefillah, obviously also Gmilz Chasodim, are the way we bring out the Anil Dei but not just Amanil Dei but a deeper dimension of it that can come only through the Hell and the Hester that came after the Cheta Ego. So basically, it's about Gilea Etzem, and once El finishes, it takes us into the Heichel HaMalchus, into Rosh Hashanah and the Sertzim Etshuva and Yom Kippur, and then the Simcha that reveals it all in Sukkot. So that's somewhat of an overview of month of El, and as I said, in the coming year, I'll try to cover 
the next parts of this uh, special season. Okay, everyone have a good Chedeshel. Aksiv v'chsimeteva. Ahem.